0: We have a podcast diving diving deep, deep diving deep into all things Texas both on and off the field here's Sean Pendergast and pro football Hall of Famer the general Sean mclean welcome, welcome to Utopia Talk.
1: All right, John you ready for a little general news and notes give the people what ready. ready? All right, let's do it.
0: You know Sean the Texans have owned the Jaguars and beaten them two in the last 11 games going back to First game of the 2018 season. So I went back and, and figured it up. It's strange. In the home games in which they've beaten them, the Texans have averaged 25 points and the Jaguars 12.5. Wow. In the road games, counting London, six road games in all, Texans have averaged 25.5 and the Jaguars 10.8. So the Texans have averaged 25 at home, 25.5 on the road. So that's about as consistent as you can get. So I think we have to pick 20. They're going to score 25 in this game. But remember, last season, the Jaguars came in here and just stomped them 31 to 3. And they got vengeance and first place on their mind. And the Texans know they're getting the very best that the Jaguars have to offer. Now, we were talking about the remaining schedules. Texans remaining scheduled 27 and 33. Jaguars 28 and 33. Okay. The Jaguars have two te- teams' with winning record Cleveland without Watson with uh, DTR, and then Baltimore with, and Baltimore is at home uh, with Lamar Jackson. They play Tampa on the road, Tennessee on the road. They still get to play Carolina. So really, they've got an easy schedule. Texans have to win this game. They can end up, Right now, they're 7-3. If they beat the Texans 8-3, they might win 11 or 12 games. Texans, of course, Russell Wilson. Uh, then the Jets, Titans, Browns, Tennessee. Indy, the only team with a winning record is Cleveland with uh, backup quarterback. And that Indy game, you know, it's here. Last last year, I'm sorry, it's up That's there. That's away Just like last year when they won it. So, I think it's very interesting. They put them up against Indy and Gardner Minshew came off the bench and just made the Texans look terrible yeah. uh, in that first game that they played here. And then, of course, that was the Texans' second loss in an 0 2 start. Um, everybody knows this one, but it still boggles boggles my mind when I think about it. Texans are 6 2 uh, since the 0 2 start in five of their games. Of their five games, three have been decided by field goals with no time left. Mm-hmm. One has been decided with six seconds left. And then Arizona decided with 20 seconds left. Yeah. That is five games decided in the last 20 seconds. It's amazing they don't have an overtime game in there. That's hard on the heart. It's hard for the players. Everybody knows now, Sean, we can all look forward to, to when they're in that situation for them to not even flinch.
1: Yeah, that's I think that's the most encouraging thing, John. Is I I have stopped as a Texan fan waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, for the last several <laughs> oh, years. Yes. You know what I mean? Boot. Like
0: even the other even, boot
1: to drop. The other boot to drop. Yeah, like even when Deshaun was here, they lost so many games, not because of Deshaun. Although Deshaun's last season here, people forget because it was such a forgettable season. But there were a lot of instances where, you know, Deshaun, a, a fumbled snap against the Bengals, Kiki QT fumbling into the end zone, you know, things like that. Ooh, I forgot that. that yeah. I mean, 2020 was so forgettable anyways, but they had so many losses like that towards towards the end of the year where they were competitive in games. But they, you know, they, they just they gave it away. It wasn't a good football team. Um, but I think that's the coolest thing right now about being a Texan fan. And I'm. I'm not making a a hardcore comparison to the Astros. I I, I wouldn't disrespect the Astros like that to compare the Texans at this point to the Astros. But what I'll say is that the feeling I always get watching the Astros is they're the team that's not going to flinch. You know, that's the team that And it doesn't always work out that way. We saw it happen with the Rangers this year. But over the course of the last seven years, by and large, if you're backing the Astros, you're backing the team that doesn't flinch, that comes up huge in big situations. It's only ten games, and really, it's only the last seven or eight games. Because, as you point out, John, the zero and two start, the zero and two start feels like the fourth and fifth games of the preseason to this team. This the team that this is started in Jacksonville in week three. That's what we're watching right now, um, and they don't flinch. They've come up big late in games. They didn't in, in earlier games. I feel like they've learned from some of their mistakes. Um, some of that stuff just tends to balance out over time. John, it's so funny. I mean, you bring up the nature of all these games. The the five games that you talked about, three of them ending on a last second field goal, one with six seconds left, this Arizona one with under a minute left and a stop on fourth down. The only other game in the last six games that, that doesn't get mentioned was the New Orleans game, which was also a nail biter. Like David Carr or Derek Carr is throwing into the end zone with under two minutes to go in that game, too. So they've I've been very impressed with D'Amico Ryan's game management, with D'Amico Ryan's clock management with the way he's got his guys playing pretty disciplined in these last few minutes of game like they and I love the fact that it was the defense this past game and it was the offense the game the two games before that that they're finding different ways to win games to me is a sign of a really good football team.
0: Texans lead the NFL with 70 plays of 15 or more yards. Yeah. They have 31 explosive completions in the last 3 games. That's more in Carolina and Bryce Young after the season. They have twenty-six. The Texans have thrown the ball beyond ten yards a higher percentage than any team in the league, fifty-point-one percent. Number two is that great vertical team, the Dolphins, Tua to Tagovailoa, mm-hmm. forty-seven point four percent. And I'll leave you with this. Okay. C.J. Stroud is on a pace to throw for 5,035 yards, which shatter Andrew Luck's record in 2012 of 4,734. He's yeah. on a pace to throw 28 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, mm-hmm. and if he can have a big game, another big game where he throws a lot, he might be able to overtake Justin Herber's rookie record for touchdown passes of 31.
1: Yeah, I I think you I I think it's it's there for the taking, John. I think he might be able to. He's a, what is he at seventeen right now?
0: He's got seven, yeah, 17, seventeen and five interceptions,
1: five picks. Yeah, the picks. Yeah, seven. If you if you ask me, the two numbers, the twenty eight touchdowns and the twelve interceptions, like okay, which do you feel like he'll get closer to there? I definitely feel like the touchdowns. Like I, I the the interceptions. I don't I don't think he's gonna win. I don't think he's throwing a pick a game the rest of the way. Like I think the three, like the three in this game really jacked that number way, way up. You uh, know, although he had some interception-worthy throws in some earlier games, he might get to 12. Who knows? I'd be disappointed if he wound up throwing 12 interceptions because that means he didn't figure this turnover thing out that he's been suffering from the last couple games.
0: I'll be surprised if he doesn't get 30 touchdown passes because you figure in the first game he got out to a slow start, and even though he threw for a lot of yards in the loss to Indianapolis. A couple of games he's had one. Now he's so much more comfortable. His receivers are so much more confident. Yeah. It's only his second game this year. All of them will be together. And so he's got so many weapons at his disposal now, not to mention Damian Pierce is supposed to be back behind Devin Singletary. So this is the best this, is the best this offense is going to have its personnel of any game this season.
1: It's the most fun offense I've ever watched as a Texan fan. I I know Arian Foster was beautiful to watch play, and Andre Johnson's a Hall of Famer, and that Gary Kubiak offense was just a a well-oiled machine. Um, C.J. Stroud, that right arm is something else to watch, John. And Tank Dell, and Nico Collins. You know what impressed me the most about Nico this last game? He took some pretty good licks in that game. Yeah, You know, in the box score, I think he only had like five catches for 67 yards. It felt like he got tattooed after every (laughs) single catch that he had. And he got up. He held on to the ball every time he got up. Like, that's – he was the quintessential big-body wide receiver in that Arizona game, I thought.
0: He's fearless over the middle. He does not have a problem running those slant routes. You know, he's up to 220 pounds, 6'4", Noah Brown, 6'2", 225. They got – Two big guys, and they all block. One of the most yeah. underrated things about John Mechie third is he can block. And Dalton Schultz has become a demon when it becomes comes to blocking after the Cowboys said, oh, he can't block. He's just a receiver.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's been, been a lot of fun to watch. Mechie had a – I think Mechie only had one or two catches. He had a really good pro football focus grade, so obviously the blocking was on point. With John Mechie. John Mechie thinks he's Laramie Tunsil sometimes. I think he sticks his nose in there so much. Except
0: he doesn't jump off sides.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. He's a disciplined Laramie Tunsil and about hundred pounds lighter.